everyone, welcome back to part 2 of our luxury bag collection with Charlene. Do remember to check out part 1 if you haven't already. Now that we have um, completed our collection of bags and you know as you can tell both Shani and I uh, tend to go for the pre-love route actually I feel that on the pre-love market it's actually more exciting to find a bag because you really have to dig through you know um, sometimes it's a bit of fate like for me you know my Gucci Marmon actually even up till now I have not seen this colour in this size at the price that I bought last November so it takes a little bit of fate also to you know land a bag that you like yeah so we're gonna give you some tips on what you can look out for especially when you buy your bags on the pre-love market even in Singapore I think some sellers choose to sell the pre-love bags on carousel so those are some of the platforms that you really have to be very 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 careful because um, I mean carousel doesn't protect you if you let's say decide to go with a seller that could be selling a imitation so yeah Shani why not you give us some tips yeah I feel like definitely on the pre-love market the number one rule I think is the most important rule is always be prepared to do your homework because there's always risk in there if you decide you know you want to get a safest route or you don't want to do as much homework as you want it to be the safest route is definitely just buy from the retail shop and that will give you a peace of mind anything that's always good after service that you can go to but on the pre-love market is a whole different ball game you know you have to be extra cautious you have to do a huge amount of homework what kind of platforms you buy could mean bigger risks but at the same time the bigger risk may lead to potential bigger savings if you want to see it that way yeah but of course it also depends what kind of bags you're after so if you want to get like a vintage bag there, there's no other choice but to get it from the pre-love market um there's actually a lot of things you can get from the pre-love market and that's why you know me and allison really like to go that route take a look to see what we can get from there be prepared to do your homework always remember to ask questions ask your friends what they think about it ask the seller ask more questions what you know about it if the sellers is not really keen to talk to you then you know definitely might not want to consider buying from them because they should be always be prepared to answer your questions so what kind of questions would you advise people to ask that they can sort of have an idea on what to look out for and what to question a seller when you know they are purchasing their bags so a lot of times there is so many options one of the biggest people do is the online pre-love um fashion online market you know, like Fashion File, people do it for like Versative Collective. Those are the platforms. I'm not saying that I'm supporting or, you know, I, I, endorsing. Endorsing any of yeah. those brands, but those are the bigger brands that people yeah. like to go. I think those are more of the international brands that Charlene mentioned. I mean, she's based in Australia now. <laughs> so in Singapore, I think some of the bigger brands would be like Ribbons, R E E B O N Z. Those are, you know, some of the examples of bigger pre loved websites that people usually shop on or people feel safer to consign their pre-love bags on as well yeah that's right and there's also smaller ones you know like they, they're not that big but what happened is they have more presence on facebook more presence of instagram but they're probably not as big as you know some of them may own their own website some of them may not own a website as well so it, it depends how big they get and some of them people could actually buy from individual sellers you know like where you as i mentioned about carousel as well as facebook groups so um you know you buy from individual sellers definitely that's the biggest risk that lies you know you don't really know who they are what happens if they decide not to send you a, a bag or they send you a fake bag what are the 
things you can do around it, it will be there will be more risk that lies in that end. So uh, maybe we can talk about the Instagram consignments as uh, since me and Alison always use that route. So one of the first things what we tend to do, right, when we look at um, Instagram profile, for example, is that we go into that website. So this consignment website, how, how much detailed information do they give? You know, do they tell you who they are? What kind of platforms um, that they are selling? Yeah. yeah, that's right. And as well as how uh, how much information they give. You know, sometimes they will say, "Oh, how do they verify their bags? How do you give comfort? Do they give a, a bias review on their bags that they bought from?" So there's a lot of things that we can look at that and see how detailed their profile is. So if they give you a very overly generic profile, then give much information. I think that's also a red flag to raise. And one of the things a lot of people like to look at is also Instagram followers. We can't just look at the numbers. That's not um, important because if you just purely look at the numbers, a lot of fake profiles, they also have a huge number of followings. But if you realize that if you look into the posts that they posted, they could have thousands of posts. But if you look into the detailed individual posts that says, there is nobody responding to any of the posts that they put. So they could post a thousand bags, but when you scroll all the way down, you never realize any of their bags indicated as sold. It was always very empty, very, there was no one commenting on it. So it looks like a very empty profile at all. So they just put a whole bunch of information, look like they were selling the bags, but they were actually not really an actual profile of it. So this is something that people should look at when they look at. I think for me, when I look at Instagram shops, because I follow quite a good number of more reputable Instagram shops, so if I come across new sellers, I would then also see if those people that I am following already are following these new accounts even just one or two i think that's uh, also a indication that they are sort of real because the bigger instagram sellers they wouldn't want to mingle with the fix so if you know they there are some people following you know each other then i sort of use that as an indication to say like okay this person might be a new seller but she's selling something authentic I feel like a lot of times it, we have to do a combination of a lot of things yes, definitely. just to get comfort over it. So the next tip what I want to talk about is when you decide to buy from a certain consigner on Instagram or maybe Facebook, what you can do is a lot of times take a step back and definitely look at other platforms and other uh, people who previously bought from them and to see what are the reviews of them. So I feel like sometimes certain sellers, they like to post it and they left out certain buyer's name. Don't really take it for granted because there are cases where people just screenshot based on other consigned platforms review and they use it as their own. So what you can do is actually reach out with a buyer and then ask them, say, what are your reviews of this particular platform? Have you actually really bought the bag from them? What do you think of them? And stuff like that. And one of the good things you can do is a scroll to Facebook groups. So there's a lot of Facebook luxury groups that a lot of people are joined on there and they'll give a lot of feedback, a lot of comments. Is there any past experience of those? A lot of times you can find those um, reviews of Facebook. And a lot of times people will also raise awareness of certain people who is known to be scammers, um, known to be you know not doing the right thing in terms of selling bags. So there's a lot of things you can find it on Facebook groups as well. Yeah, so I think mainly for the pre-love market, you really have to work to get the bag that you want at a certain price. I mean, for me, I'm lucky that, you know, some of my friends like Charlene herself and my best friend, they are all very sharp when it comes to this kind of thing. So I can rely on their opinions and their judgment to make a purchase. But I mean, if you're doing this on your own or, you know, you're just starting out, I think really have to yeah, just do your homework. Don't put in money that potentially you may not get back and just really yeah just ask 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 if it's fit you will 
come across the bag again. If not, then, you know, just keep waiting. You know, the longer you wait, the greater satisfaction you will get when you eventually do make the purchase. That's right. And yeah. I feel like one more thing that you can do as well, a lot of things that um, people probably will not really think about it when they get it is how do the, the person who is selling the bag, how are they sure that it's real? So you, you don't just ask them, oh, it's real. Is it real? Because they yeah. will say it's real. Yeah. You know, you, you, we want to ask them, how do you get comfort that it is real? What kind of platforms do they use? So some of the consignment platforms, they have their, maybe they have their own in-house verification service. And that's going to be a bit hard because you don't know how is their process or they are using third party to verify those bags and to be ensure comfort over it. So they say, oh, if I use this particular outsourced third party services to verify this bag is real, they will tend to have a certificate or they have an email confirmation to say that, okay, this bag is verified and what's the result of this bag. Yeah. So once you get these receipts, they will tell you that, okay, I did do use this third party services what you can do is that you can email these companies and ask them hey this person is trying to sell me a bag and said that this bag has been verified through you can you confirm that this is indeed you know authentic you actually really authentic and yeah. this, is it really a real certificate that yeah. is provided or this is an actual email and then you will get comfort that okay this person actually did reach out to the third party services yeah so some yeah. third party services would be entropy as well as Zico, those are the two big ones that people would send their bags to to get verified. And a lot of um, these Instagram consigners or even those bigger luxury platforms, they will also say that, you know, they are entropy verified business, etc, uh, etc, et to sort of let their customers know that, you know, every pre of bag that comes to them will be verified by these third party authentications. Yeah. So sometimes these third party services, you also can do your own in-depth research and see how much you trust these third party services as well. If you find doubts or, you know, you, you're not too sure, you can always get another party to verify for you again as well. And then gives you another comfort that, you know, this bag is indeed real or not. So some of them, you know, especially COVID environment, you can't, maybe will not be able to bring a bag physically to the store. There are some online services that do it online. Virtually. So you send it virtually, that's right. And you send certain pictures of what they want to look at. And then that's how they give you a, a comfort to say if it's real or not. So of course you bring in through like actual you know, you bring the whole bag to the actual store will be the best. But, you know, if you can't do that, then you, you can do it virtually as well. Okay, so what are some of the bags that we are eyeing on? So maybe I'll start first because my list is quite small and I actually cancelled two bags um, from my wish list already. So initially, after I got my Gucci bag, so my bag is in pink and I do wear a lot of pink outfits. So sometimes it will clash and I thought, okay, I need to get a more conservative colour. So I was thinking black, navy blue, grey or brown. And the brown is obviously a LV bag, the canvas bag. So I was actually eyeing on an Elma BB bag in the Damier Eben print. So like I said, I love going down to the boutique to try it out and to you know put in my items to see if they fit, how it looks on me. So I actually went down to the LV boutique at um, Ion and I'm not sure if it's because the Ion outlet is at the basement it does not have any natural light coming in and the lv store's color scheme is very yellow very brown very dark when i took a photo of myself in the mrbb i just immediately felt so disappointed because it just doesn't look like a bag that i would like actually after that one try i wanted to go down to the boutique to try one more time maybe at another location i think the mbs location is quite bright so that would have a different environment but I 
feel like I don't love it that much anymore <laughs> to want to give it a second chance. So yeah, that was the first bag that was on my list, but now it's not. And the second bag that I cancelled is actually the Lady Dior bag. I think Charlene would know this. Um, I really wanted a Lady Dior and when I was waiting for my Gucci Marmon, I almost bought a pink Lady Dior. But yeah, I eventually didn't take it out because at that time I haven't even tried it on in the boutique. I have never seen it in real life. So I tried it many, many times. I tried it first last year in the MBS boutique and I really liked it. I love how it looked on me. Very elegant. But the thing that I missed out was that I didn't put any items in it. So recently, I think last week, I went to try on the black lady jaw in the small size not even the mini size the small size and i put in my wallet my airpods and not even my phone and it was already full and when i carried it it was very heavy super super heavy for a small bag and the crossbody strap was actually very thick maybe because of the weight of the lady uh, your bag itself and it was very hard to put on and take off the the crossbody strap as well so I felt very disappointed and I always tell my friends like, you know, when I like a bag so much and look so good online, but when I see it in real life, it's like, oh, I meet this guy online and he's like great on text, etc, etc. And then when I meet him in real life, it's like, nah, disappointment. <laughs> the bag that you see online that you like so much online doesn't compare to, you know, what it was in my mind. online. expectations in your head and when you meet up, you have this thought. So those two are the bags that I wanted, but um, I'll probably not get it anymore because of whatever reasons I stated. So the next bag that I'm looking out for would be a Chanel Full Flat. I'm still deciding between a black color in mini or a beige color in small size. So I've already seen and touched both bags. Both bags are a Series 1 bag. Yeah. So uh, if I do buy it, uh, maybe I'll talk about it. Yeah, so it's my first Chanel bag and I really want to take some time to really think about it before I make any decisions. Yeah. I have all the bags that I feel like can carry for most circumstances and I feel I'm really happy with what I have in my collection. You know, I have bags that I can carry on a nice days. Like, you know, on a fancy day, I can bring out on my Diana. On days that, you know, I want to dress nice, but yet, you know, I don't know how it's going to end that night. You know, what if everybody had a lot of alcohol and then it's starts spilling all the drinks. And then I might bring up the, you know, the full flat maybe. So what bags, you know, I have the puzzle bag and I have the single bag. And I'm pretty happy, you know, I get I so many options to carry them around. But at the back of my mind, there's always the next bag that I'm thinking that maybe, you know, I can add another one. And probably I would really like to have another puzzle bag actually, but in, in a smaller size, in the mini size. And that's, you know, when, you, when I carry, when I wear very casual clothes and that's where, you know, I'm able to wear that. And I have more and more like a neutral um, pastel colors. I'm thinking of having the tan in my collection. I never had a tan bag. I feel like most of the bags I have right now is either black burgundy or like the, the textile, which is actually basically blue. So if I can get something that, you know, able to match more for lighter color or more like a more earthy color, that would be really good in my collection. And I went to try on the bags. So I tried a few times. I went to Sydney to try it out as well as try the one in Chester in Melbourne. I really like the size. It literally fits all the things that I usually bring up on a very typical day. Um, phone, wallet, and keys. So that's literally all the three things that I bring on a very typical day. Nothing else more, nothing more. So as long as it can fit all the three in, 
I think that will fit a very typical day when I go out. So that, that will be a really nice bag to have. And um, I don't know, maybe I'll get my Celine 16. It's the bag that I never really pull the trigger. I really don't know why. I think at the back of my head was that, oh, you know, if I buy such an expensive bag, maybe I should get something that, you know, um, able to have that value on the end. So maybe that's why I pulled the trigger on the Diana. That's so much thought process in my head. I'm thinking, you know, why I get it or not. But I really like the Celine 16, but I just feel like I never had so much chances of carrying it. And especially now I have a Diana, you know, Diana basically will fit the bags that I'm after, you know, if I'm going to go out on a nice day. So, yep, maybe eventually the Celine 16, but we will see. So before we end off this episode, I'll just like to ask Charlene if you have any advice, financial or otherwise, for someone who is looking to purchase their first luxury item. Mm, I think definitely is not to push yourself you know you really need to think through of what you want to buy i feel like a lot of people when they want to buy certain things they have this dream bag and they feel like it's very hard to achieve and sometimes they'll end up like thinking of getting something else at a cheaper price range and after they get it you know because that's not your dream bag that you want and subsequently you had this afterthought thinking that oh you know oh maybe actually i can buy the next bag at a higher price point but actually end of the day the bike that you buy at a lower price might not be something that you really want so i feel like you know it's all about really think through of what you want and saving up for the dream bag that you are really eyeing on and if that's the bag that you really want so i really have to think through before you buy so i think that's one of the feedback that i could think of and i think another point probably is is a bit different from what i think typically people would think of is about text you know especially if you do things online one of the things that you need to think of is, is there going to be import tax? So I think there's a few, there's a lot of things that, you know, especially you buy from a second hand um, platform, you know, those, um, I think those are the ones that, because a lot of times when you buy, a lot of them, they don't really include tax. So mm. as, unless, you know, if you buy typically from the boutique, they always include tax. So you don't really have to worry about import tax, but you, especially when you buy things overseas, whenever they, they, have it, it ends up having an import tax charge on you. There's additional cost on top of that. So that applies a lot on secondhand items. Yeah, I think for me also, I mean, if you heard my story in a earlier episode, you would know that I waited for about two years before I actually decided on buying a bed. I mean, to me, the longer you wait, the, the more clarity you have um, on whether or not you like the bag just because it's a trend or you know down the road you still feel that it gives you the mileage especially if you might be at a different stage of life um, you know within the time that you wait would it still suit um, you know your lifestyle and um, what you need the bag for so for me really to think about why you like the bag is it because you know it will be a staple piece in your wardrobe or you know it is functional for you know a certain season in your life maybe you want to buy a a diaper bag because you know you just gave birth or other reasons to get that you know luxury item then obviously you know that's a good motivation for you to purchase it but in terms of financial advice i would say give yourself a budget to every month to set aside buying a luxury item doesn't mean you have to scrimp and save on other aspects of your life but maybe you know every month something that you can afford to set aside a few couple hundreds and then you know slowly work your way towards your goal i mean obviously if your dream bag is like a kelly or you know a birkin then 
it takes more than just saving to get to where you want to be because I think you know the Hermes purchasing strategy you need to spend at the boutique first before you can even you know be part of the wait list for like a, a Birkin or a Kelly lah. so that's not the kind of scenario that I'm talking about but if you you know just want to so I mean I'm not talking about playing the game but if you know you just want to buy yourself a wallet or I don't know like a, a nice bag a nice shoe then um, you know these are some of the ways you can save up and maybe reward yourself at the end of the year birthday gifts or you know if you get a promotion or you know your increment then you know that's something worth celebrating it adds on meaning to the bag than just you know getting it on a random day so i think that would be my advice and obviously a word of caution is don't ever get yourself in debt just to purchase a luxury item it's you know definitely not worth it it should be the last item on your list where you know you are comfortable with all your other aspects and i'm not just saying everyday food your transport and everything including your expenses in insurance i think that's a very important yet something that people don't really speak about in terms of essentials so once you have every of those items covered then you think about you know getting a luxury um, item don't sacrifice you know those essentials for something that is material and some may say superficial yeah that is so true and i feel like on top of that you also have must have you it would be good to ensure that you have a saving a buffer saving yes definitely your emergency savings so we've come to the end of episode 2. Thank you so much, Charlene, for being a part of my life since university, going on exchange together, and now, you know, as working adults, we are, you know, talking about luxury bags. When we were back in university, we were just two normal average students trying to scrape by in life. <laughs> I miss you so much ever since you left Singapore to settle down in Australia but I know you're really happy there and I'm also super super happy for you. Thank you for tuning in to episode 2 and remember to subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us on Instagram at the Pod. We'll see you in episode 3. Thank you, goodbye.